Kokorongo ki te tangi a te kori mako Ko rero flowing a te hoka force Ko papa relevant, ko papa out of bounds Ko papa exigent, ko papa paramount Nga ko nga whakapiri mai ki te Ko papa tino whakahira hira Whakorongo pi kari kari mai Hare hare mai, o tari ngā hare hare mai We gotta gather up close everybody Gather up close everybody Kane kane move that body Tēnā rā koutou katoa e ngā iwi i o koutou taringa a nei a taringa e whakapāho atu nei i ko nei i te wānanga o te roa i te ipurau. Nice to have you all again with us and here I am, one of your hosts, Prao Negloin, māua ko te puaheiri, snow and we've got a special guest i tēnei ata e te tuahine, awhi mai, nau mai haere mai. Tēnā koe. Tēnā koe, great to see you here. Thank you. On episode 40. Lovely to be here. I'm a bit um, annoyed that I wasn't here for the first 39, but you know, <laughs> I'll get over it. Paitera, you'll keep. Tēnā koe. No mai, no mai. Tēnā koe. So we're back with the instalment of Tikanga 101. But before we get into that, kiwaha. our kiwaha for this episode is we are. We are. We are. I thought it was actually one everybody uses but it's actually one that's quite familiar within Tainui. And it's an exclamation of surprise. What would be an example, if you might? Holy heck! Yeah. <laughs> Holy heck! Wow! Yeah. So there's lots of instances you could use that. So, oh, I hear you on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> no, that ain't we, are <laughs> That's Ruto! <laughs> That is not a good example, Mr. Gloy. You can have good diets or bad diets. It's all weird. Oi, Noquina, you'll hear us using the kiwaha through the episode. And today, this episode is based on, a, well, comes from a partai, and we've been actually saving this one up from a partai from Kareen Rini Lu. And she engaged with our Facebook page. Noreira, mihi me kai te whakarongo koe, Kareen, te nā koe. E mihi ana. And she asked, she said, Kia ora e te whānau. My whānau and I have been listening and love all the episodes. I was wondering if you could please talk about tangihanga. Patai pai tira, that's a good question. Mm. It's quite sensitive because of the tapu around tangihanga, but I think what we can do, and I know there's a lot of whakaro, Deep whakaro in regards to tangihanga because what it says, those of you that don't know, tangihanga is the funeral rites or the funeral procedure of the Māori ne. and our Funeral proceedings. Yeah, yeah. total, total yeah, processions. Our mourning. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's made up of so many tikanga that I think that's why I'm, I'm finding it hard to give it a translation. Which is why I think tangihanga, if ever you have, we might have manuhiri or visitors from abroad. And when I'm explaining to them, you know, what are our customary rituals in Tao Māori, I always look at tangihanga or our funeral proceedings because this experience that we have and this practice that we have incorporates so many mm. of our tikanga, so many, and it's a good example to explain a lot of things. Mm. I mean, that's almost the height of experiencing how Māori is attending uh, a tangihanga. Kia ora. Kia ora. It's not to say, oh, let's go and look for a tangi or let's uh, see who's passed so we can experience it. If it happens and, you know, we're able to attend at that stage, it's a 
good opportunity to be able to experience firsthand a lot of our customs, a lot mm. of our cultural practices for people who are unaware. Mm. Sikatena. And I was just looking at the kupu tangihanga means to cry. And while you were talking about experiencing it, we lost the, the matriarch of the, mm. the wānanga the... last year, Auntie Ma, and we're coming up to her year in May. And that's another kaupapa. Mm. But um, at her tangi, her son's partner mm. attended and he's from England. And he came and he was a part of the whole tangihanga process from beginning to the end. And I think he was a bit confused through parts of it because one minute we're crying <laughs> and then the next minute we're laughing. Hey, there's so much going on that, that happens in the tangihanga and you've got to experience to understand. It's a, it's a whole process, grieving process. And that's the beauty of our tangihanga is we use it as a way to mourn and to grieve but also to celebrate mm. the life of the loved one who's who's passed, but also to celebrate and to look forward to on uh, urifakaheke, mm. you know, all the all the generations that spring from that particular loved one. And I think kura te atahua or tēnei mea te tangihanga. Mm. I was just thinking of my memories as a child, and maybe you'd like to share some Afimai, what are your memories of tangihanga as a child? Um, I can't even remember whose tangis I went to, whose tangi I went to, but I remember as a child, a lot of it had to do with meeting up with cousins. It wasn't really about going there to to mourn uh, the passing of a loved one, but uh, meeting up with cousins, playing lots of games on the marae once it was, you know, getting a bit darker, playing games around by the toilets, stealing lollies from each other, um, running through the, the, the kitchen and just being annoying. It's, and it's my experience as a, as a child is not as it is as an adult. Mm. But actually, if you look at the principle of those things, tangihanga are about whanaungatanga. Mm. They're about relationships. They're about connections. They're about blending together whanau members in this time of grief with the loss of a loved one. So whilst my experience is quite different now, the underlying fundamentals of tangihanga are very similar. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, kia ora. Yeah. tanga, aroha. Right. Right. Kinship ties and aroha, compassion, love, kotahitanga, unity. And that's a big thing actually, Raune. Kotahitanga. Mm. So we, we can look at tangihanga from a lot of perspectives, mm. from being the whānau pani or the ones most close, the immediate whānau members of the deceased. We can look at it from the kota, from the kitchen perspective with all the catering. We can look at it from the paipai. We can look at it from a whole range of areas. But I think kotahitanga is a fantastic description of how this entire experience in farewelling a loved one um, needs to operate. Mm. You know, I think that's uh, event management one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I think that's... Totally. You know, totally. we talk about organising homegrown and massive events around the country. Mm. There's no event like a tangihanga where yeah, you are unaware of numbers. These days, caterers make such a big deal of numbers, but when you've got... Ope turning up from one to two to 200 um, to 300 and you have no time 
to go and organise all of that. You know, some events take years to organise. You need to be very onto it. You need to have lots of skills behind you to uh, enable you to look after manufiti. Mm-hmm. And especially with our marae in our rural areas, they can't just go and uh, sprint to pack and save to get things. So yes. it does take a specialised expertise to be able to do this and I think that our tangihanga is a very good example of running an event at its best. That's probably not a good word event because it's not an event as such but I'm just trying to compare some of the similarities. But say the perspective of the kota perhaps say you can see it as such how you said you can see it from many different ways. Mm. Talking about the, um, going back to what you said, that tangihanga is a culmination, I guess, of all, mm. a collection of, of our tikanga, all at one time, all at one place, all in one space with a whole lot of people. Chika. And you'll see a whole lot of things going on in all those places you mentioned. And we've talked about tapu on here before of the marae and that porphyry. And the marae is tapu all the time, but when there's things happening at the kaupapa, at the marae, then the um, tapu scale goes up, the degree of tapu. Right. And no more so than a tangihanga. The tangihanga is when the tapu is at its peak on the marae. And add to that the grief and loss and all the emotions and things, you'll hear that in the karanga, you'll hear that in the whaikōrero. And the kitchen, they want to put on the best they can Aye. to manaki the manuhiri in honour of the deceased Aye. and how they feel, they go, right, these people are coming to pay their respects to the deceased, get the two pāpaku, so two pāpaku is the person that has passed away and um, they want to do their best to look after the manuhiri and there's tikanga happening in there too, in the kitchen and some of them are unspoken and um, we could get into like talking about events, you know, there's the auntie, she does the bread. Yeah. You know, nobody else. And touch their flour, that's auntie's yeah, yeah, table. They, yeah, those are the those are the yeah. things. And that's which is beautiful, eh? Like everybody has their roles. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Everybody has their roles and the magic is in everybody working together. I mean, I'm not just saying that it happens like that all the time. Yeah. And there's a little bit of uh, rumbling that can happen in the background, but this all leads to strengthening whanangatanga, strengthening relationships. Mm. I heard, and I think we've talked about it, tawatahi snow. No matter which people, indigenous people or people, the last tikanga they will hold on to are their funeral rites. Aye, tiku, yeah. So motata mote Māori is tangihanga. And then you can actually look at a tangi and gauge from the tangihanga, the tikanga in there, the customs and practices, how strong or how weak their um, tikanga is. Mm. And added to that, of course, te reo. Just to change it slightly, a lot of whānau now are opting to have tangihanga at home for lots of reasons. One is the expense Mm. of a tangi. So tangihanga can be expensive and I think, and this is just my whakaro, I think that's because our whakaro or thoughts around koha, what we give, have changed Aye. over time. So there was a time when tangihanga would run themselves in terms of the expense because of the koha that was coming in the gate. Um, and the koha we we've talked about koha, this is your contribution. And in, in the old times, it was usually kai, most of the time kai, but now it's it's money, putia. But you know, I've been to a lot of tangihanga where the, the whānau pani or the 
bereaved and the extended whānau actually outnumber the manuhiri coming to the marae. So it's not such a big tangi. And because of that, they're not getting the manuhiri. They still might have, say, a three-day tangihanga, mm-hmm. but they're not getting the manuhiri coming with the koha. Aye. So they're actually feeding themselves. So there's all sorts of reasons why things have gone like that. And people also are choosing to have their tangihanga at home because when you have a tangi at the marae, you're at the behest of the marae, me te tikanga me ngā kawa o te marae. When you're at home, you can take those tikanga with you to your house, but you've got say, you've got more say yeah, at home. as you'd please, as you'd yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, and I've noticed that with some people, I know there's different situations. Some want to have them at home for one night because they want to be able to do what they want and then have their intimate time with the two pāpaku, with the bereaved, Aye. before they take them to the marae. And I know some of the... Oh, excuse me, but high-profile tangihanga or tangihanga of high-profile people in Māori them, I know whānau that have done that, kept them at home because once they go to the marae for three or even four yeah. or five-day tangi, they're getting hundreds, maybe thousands of people through the gate per yeah. day. They they want their time. So that's another situation of people keeping their two pāpaku at home. But um, the other ones, what, what I was really talking about, people that are choosing to have their tangihanga at home because of cost and because of... They want to do things the way they want to do. Yeah. See, when my father passed, we ended up keeping him at home. And to be honest, because I think another reason is some Māori these days don't have a connection with where they're from. So I know my father's from the Gisborne area, but lived a lot of his life in Te Arawa, within Rotorua, Mm. and in Hamilton. Uh, That was a bit different for us as a family, but that's what he did. He also passed on the 24th of December. So, you know, near Christmas and things were quite hyped up. But I do think that that we do need to consider that. Like, some of the things that I wonder about is what contribution am I making to my marae in such a way that I should have the honour to have my final resting days Mm. at my marae. So... You know, I think we need to think about our marae. They don't operate by themselves and they can only operate if we invest our time and our energy and our knowledge and our expertise into our own marae because there's people running it. If we're going to have a a tangihanga at a marae, there is a lot going on to enable that. So I think, you know, while, while we're alive, it would be a good, it's good anyway to go back to our marae for a whole heap of reasons. But I'm just thinking of the term kanohi kitea, mm, uh, which is just being present, showing face at different kaupapa to do with your marae, going back to your marae for a whole. We, we had our pokai just this week. A pokai is a... Kingitanga gathering. Yeah, mm-hmm. of and we had, had um, hundreds of people there, but just being supportive of, you know, things happening in, with your marae so that you have a reciprocal relationship mm. and an intimate relationship so that at the time of that journey where, where we should pass from this world, people aren't uh, helping a, someone that they actually don't know. In fact, if you're unknown, you probably won't get a lot of people coming to help because a lot of people come, this isn't a paid gig, people don't get paid. This is done, which is what Paraune raised earlier, out of love and out of compassion um, for the, the person who's passed, or compassion and love for um, the whānau pani. 
I just want to pick up on the tikanga tangata, I guess. Yeah. Kanohi kitea. And, you know, being whānau pani before, when you see someone come in the gate, you know, that you haven't seen mm. for a long time, and then you see them, and I've heard the expression, kaora taku ngākau. They bring, when you see that face coming, they don't need to say anything. Aye. You know, just to see their face and they're a memory marker for you. Um, their association with your whānau, with the person that has passed away, and straight away you see their face and your memories go back. And provides comfort yes. yeah. and some healing mm. in a time of great loss. I like that tangihanga's healing. Yeah. I think tangihanga are beautiful. I think they are too. I think it is it is part of the process. Like being so open with your emotions at that time, I think that's all part of the grieving. Yeah, I, I had the privilege um, just uh, a week and a half ago of talking about some aspects of tangihanga with a local council body. And one lady, when I explained, you know, which is changing now the length of time that we may have tangihanga, and I was explaining that these days there's a lot of practical reasons as to why a person might be, uh, we, we may have a five-day tangihanga as opposed to a three-day one. We got onto this aspect of grieving, mm. and she stood up and she started to cry and she said, you know, in non-Māori funerals, one day or a couple of hours to look at a casket just doesn't provide a lot of healing. Nah, uh, yeah. Well, for her, but she will, I'll talk about her uh, particularly. And she, she started kaputa mai ngā mata. She was getting very emotional about how just knowing that there's a good three to five days to be able to sit with your loved ones, to be able to sit with the deceased, to be able to see a lot of people, what you referred to before, Rāone, is just helps in the grieving process, mm. you know, in comparison to a couple of hours or something like that. So she was quite moved by that, and it's not the first time I've heard it, actually. Because mm. one has to understand that the initial shock of loss could probably stay with you for a day or two. Mm. Stuff, a lot of things don't sink in yeah. until you do meet those people, those mm. kanohi kitia, mm. until you get time to sit. And even sometimes it, it'd be in the early hours of the morning mm. and you're sitting with your loved one. Mm. And it may be just you or maybe just one other and, and you reconnect with someone with those times, but you need that time. I remember um, Pakake, he spoke to us about, um, he was working at a, a ministry office one time and uh, the non-Māori staff were complaining about how come Māori get three days off for the tangihanga? Mm. And the statement arose that actually, no, everyone should be allowed that time. And that dawned on them as well, is the time needed to grieve. Because even after the tangihanga, there are times where you, you need time to rest yourself mm. and recollect your whānau and all that. And people will still stay around the marae even even after even the day after the tangihanga when you're around the marae cleaning mm. up or whatnot where the healing is continued. I, I do want to pick up on that, but I don't want our kōrero to go down there. Yep. Is, you know, the Māori that I know and the Māori that I associate with, yep, we go to tangihanga, but then we go back and catch up in our own time of what we need to because that's the responsibility um, that we hold to our families, to our job, to our loved ones. So it's not as easy as what it sounds like. Aye, yeah. <laughs> it's not as easy. So we do that because we know that that's the cost that we have to do to enable us to grieve for our loved ones. There's something I touched on before too about the length of time. And what I was just going to say about that is there are a lot of Māori living in Australia now. 
So logistically, to be able to bring them home, um, to go through all they need to over there, can also determine why our tangihanga run longer than three days. And also, a lot of the time, we're waiting for close whānau family members to return from other countries. So when I refer to it being practical reasons, that's what I was meaning, waiting for people to come in. I remember we had an uncle coming back for the return of a tangihanga and one of our kaikaranga, Kuya. She sat out on the maho in the until the early hours of the morning with the light on. She had a lantern standing there waiting to inform the turn up. Mm. I remember that. I was a very young child at the time, but there's one of my... One of my very first memories at a tangihanga. Mm. This lady draped in, um, you know, in black and a, and a, she had pūriri taua around her head and standing there with a lantern. And I was going, does that nan need a blanket, mum? She goes, go on, see if she needs a blanket. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But she waited for, she waited for an uncle of ours to return from Australia. About three, four in the morning, I remember. Mist was coming down and she brought him in. Mm. Yeah, just seen this lantern going out. Mm. And the other thing you mentioned, um, Prauni, about koha. You know, when I go to a tangi, the reason why I go is because aroha, aroha. Mm. So when you think about it, if if I don't want to be a burden on the whānau, on the whānau pani, on anything to do with the tangihanga, so the way that I think about it is I think, okay, so in terms of koha, because it's very difficult, what do you give? As Parani mentioned before, yes, used to be kai. These days, money helps to pay for tangihanga. So I think about uh, myself individually and I think, right, if I'm staying there, there's laundry that needs to be done, there's mm. kai, Aye. there's electricity, there's toilets. These days, we easily pay $140 to $170 for one night at a motel. Yeah, motel. Mm. Often we stay at uh, Marae <laughs> for easy three days. Mm. And I don't want to get technical here, mm. but I just want to add some context and some suggestions mm. about what our koha goes to and not being a burden for our loved ones because that's the very last thing that we would want. But taking into consideration all of those things, and there's no correct amount of all of that, but I think if we consider some of the practicalities that need to be uh, met and the costs, and to know that we want to help in many ways as possible, I think that will help in providing koha. Yeah, in addition to that, I just watched an Instagram post from Tai Kepa, follow, follow him if you want, but he was talking about takoha, koha, and um, he says that it derives from the word takuha, so in a time when resources were limited from our, of our tupuna, if all they could give was their kanohikitia or their time, whether it be at the back or doing Sika. something, then, you know, what is that if the intention is with aroha? You have nothing in your pockets, give what you can at your hands. Beautiful. I think the consideration a lot of people must maintain when going on to marae and big hui like this, that, yeah, makinan, if you can, where yeah. you can. You know, I actually think this this requires another episode because as we're talking, I'm thinking there's just so many, we so are many oh, we things are <laughs> that we could be talking about. Yes. Um, another I question thought. that I have is, why does everybody wear black? Aye. Well, I think that the black question is a good discussion. Yeah, it's a good question. Because we've made it a tikanga of ours yeah. to wear black. And um, one thing Māori are very, very good at is creating tikanga or taking a pākehā, tikanga pākehā, and then making it pertinent or finding something, a kōrero, erotoito, tātou ao, that supports it. 
or validates it as a tikanga. Aye. And um, I know that um, the black dress dress came with the Queenie Wikitoria. When she wore black to, I, can't, I think it might have been her father's tangi or a tangi. It was a funeral and she wore black and it became a fashion statement to wear black at funerals. But we can marry the black to two things. One is te pō. Aye. So this is the, the night. Uh, ete iwi, pō is, means night and it's also a metaphor for those that have passed on or you've passed on to the great night. So that's one. And the second one we can marry it to is the kākahu taratara. And the kākahu taratara was a, was a kākahu or a cloak for mourning. And it had taratara on it, which were tags, and they were black. The cloak was black. So the black clothing is called kākahu taratara now. Uh, some refer to it as kākahu taratara, oh. I should say, not all, not all iwi. The other one I've heard is kākahu pekepeke. Oh. which is the cloak that jumps from one to one, and it's talking about this cloak of mourning. Oh. So we're good at finding tikanga, but, you know, I know of a few tangihanga now, and the people, the person that has requested that people don't wear black to their tangi. Yes. Yeah, they yeah. don't want black. They want people to come in, in whatever they wear, whether, and same with women, whether it's pants or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely a, um, a tikanga discussion. My queer was old school. I didn't really realise it till she went, how old school she was. You know, when we stayed as cousins at her place, the boys got to sleep up and the girls slept down. We didn't do um, girls' things, mm. jobs, in her mind, and the girls didn't do boys' jobs. Mm. We weren't allowed to touch her clothes. That was off limits to the boys. Mana era mahi. And tangihanga was big for my queer. She would wear her kākahu taratara, from the start of the tangihanga to the finish. Ah, oh, yeah. Um, kari e horoi. Ka horoi te kanohe, engari kari e, e, e tini wana kākau, ka mau wana kākau mo te katoa te tangihanga. And I actually done that when my mother and father passed away. I wore the same clothes through the duration of the tangihanga. And, yeah, you you get into this state of mourning when you oh. do that. And everybody can see your kei te tangikoe. Nā te mau i era kākahu You know, I, I won't say I looked, you know, untidy But, yeah, tērā pē i te, i te paku haunga <laughs> I huri e tai me te whakaaro e tai We are it, we are it But, um, and then some, you know, won't eat Aye You yeah. know, uh, I know tūhoi observed that they, they feed the whānau pani in the morning and the, While it's still dark But through the duration through the day, they, they don't eat. And I remember there was some of the tangi at home, my queer was the same. She wouldn't eat through the day. Ka, ka kaike i te pō. Mm. Why would they um, do that, Prani? I think there's two reasons. One is to show their state of mourning. Oh. Two is not to leave the side of the body of the two pāpaku. So someone should always be there. And we know that there is, if, if, well, we do, but... Some of our listeners may not know that those are, those are some of the some of little them. big tikanga era yeah. tangihanga that you should... And you're right, we, I think we do need to do a second episode on this because we haven't even gone into te tono tu pāpaku <laughs> yeah. and things like well, that. Well, and we've just yeah. touched on whakamahana tu pāpaku. Yeah. Yeah. So when I say that, what I mean is um, in te ao Māori, the body or the deceased um, is never left by themselves. They are, are fully embraced with the love of people surrounding them. There'll always be at least one or two people that are sitting right beside them. 
Yeah, and sometimes the the cases um, who can sit by them as well, <laughs> which is uh, we won't get down there because it it differs a lot. Yeah, but I know where I'm from. There are kuia called Tupopo, and they have the utmost tapu and mana during tangihanga because it's them that take care of the two papaku from the manawa kiore from the last breath to when they're buried and manawa kiore from what they have to do is to take care of the body and that means to do what the embalmers do now but I'm talking about um, fasting and that with um, a kuya or the bereaved whanau I know it brings you into a state of mind too an elevated state I believe mm. for tangihanga um, and yeah, there are instances where people are just given water mm. at a time. Um, I know old Kuya used to still do that. And yeah, I, I remember them wearing the same clothes and wondering, oh, we are there. I know Komata who, would, they weren't pani, but they were attending a tangi. Mm. And they would not eat on the road. Right. They wouldn't have breakfast and they wouldn't eat till after they attended the tangihanga. And that was because of the state of tapu that they wanted oh. to be in. But no, you're right. It's a state of mind. You know, it is. It's a state of mind. And that's always, there's so many levels to tangihanga. So many levels. It's hard to just say, right, this is tangihanga. So a trend I'm seeing now, I grew up with the tohu tohu. Kaue haere te rangi whakamutunga, koe te rangi pākeha. Don't go on the last day, eh? Yeah. Don't go on the last day of the tangihanga, which is the funeral day. And, um, before I talk about that, because I'm, I'm going to forget about this, a lot of people say, they say, when's the tangi? And I go, it's it's now. It's now, yeah. <laughs> and they go, no, when's the tangi? What do you mean, when's the tangi? Oh, oh when are they getting buried? Oh, when's the nehu? When's the rahi nehu, yeah. Or the rahi nehu. Oh. So the tangihanga ete iwi is the duration of the time that the body, the two papaku, lies on the marae, and the nehu or the rahi nehu or the nehunga is the day of the burial, okay? So... I was taught, don't go on the last day. You know, you've got three days to go to the tangihanga, particularly, too, if you live close. Mm. Yeah. And there's lots of reasons for that. One, as you'll be talked about, you're just turning up for the feed. But now people, they're saying, oh, I'll just go for the service, you know. And while that's okay for you, you may not get the time, usually you don't get the time to connect with the whānau pani. Um, I've seen, you go to the service, it's karakia, then they sing the last hymn and the pallbearers come, pick the two papaku and they're off and then you go. You know, and you haven't had time to, you know, go and see the whānau pani. So I advise to go during the tangihanga and go through the tikanga of going on properly through the gate onto the marae. There are times that I've had to go on the last day, but I'll if I do, I'll go in the morning um, make sure that I can go on, pay my respects properly before the service. Not just Aye. turn up at the marae for the service and then go. So, um, koena te tahi tikanga uh, e hoama, when we're talking about attendance to a tangihanga. You know what I'm noticing a lot these days as well? And I've actually done it myself. In the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, it's like cutting off a kaupapa. And that's either not going to the urupa, to the cemetery, so go for the service or be there a couple of days before as well as the service. Don't go to the cemetery and then don't come back for the hakari. Or I've seen a lot of people go to the cemetery and then not go back to the marae for the hakari. Mm. And it happens often in yes, my world. Yeah. Yep. No, it's I've happening I've seen a lot, a lot of, and it's it's like cutting off the kaupapa. It is. So that's one of the more um, philosophical 
things practically. You've got caterers that have cooked knowing the numbers and all of that. And it's just like, oh, you know, no regard for that. And saying that, I I have done it myself. So I'm not um, passing judgment. I'm saying it's an observation that I've picked up in the past decade. Mm. And what is that about? Is Is that time? Is that inconvenience? Is that... I guess it's a whole range of things. I've done it myself too. Yeah. We went to a tangi of, it was my, a crow of mine. Well, first his wife passed away. And um, we went down and because it was down the line, we stayed the night and then the next day we decided we were going to go after service to hit the road early. Well, what happened was the whanau felt bad. Well, not bad. They thought, well, we need to still offer some manaki. So they put on a kai for us after the service. Oh, And I felt really uncomfortable afterwards. And I thought, oh, you know, we made them, because we were going, they knew we were going, they felt that they still had to offer some manaki. So, yeah, I've been to Tangi the same. Um, There's like, you know, it could be 500 or in excess at the service. And then the cooks are like, oh, we got to get some more kai and da-da-da-da. And then... 200 at the kai. 200 at the kai yeah, yeah. I think it's a big balance. We are governed by time. We're governed by employment, getting back home and all that. So I think it's contextual and one's intentions. And it is sometimes uh, I've gone to I've gone to um, Tangihanga and thought, man, we've got three hours to travel. There are a lot of people. Mm. I think my, my best koha is to not then worry about another plate to fill or something like mm. that. So you can see where people can get can get mixed up in that but I really believe it depends on your intention like if you've found time and done it and your intention as well or if it's very necessary that you must leave at a time or you must turn up at a time but I think it's within yourself Mm. if you can answer that question honestly to yourself and you know I think that varies a lot because to be honest with a lot of our um, Maori leaders um, there are expectations Mm. that dependent on who's passed there are expectations with Maori leaders in particular roles. Mm. So if they're not there, it's noticed. Yes. And we know that, you know, the big thing in, in, in Tao Māori is kataya tinana. Mm-hmm. You know, so people show, they attend physically, they, they attend in person, and that says a lot of things. It says commitment, it says support, it says I've prioritised you in my life today. So it says there are, you know, times where I think, um, there is expectations for our leaders to, to be present, Aye. whether they know the deceased or not in some instances. Mm. Touching on what you said, probably going before the Dara Nehu, I think it's more intimate because if you get the chance to walk on the marae, you at, at one point are a, are a focal point for the to be kanohikite at that time. Mm. And if you are privileged enough to be able to speak and lay your roimata before the deceased, I think that's one of the utmost expressions of kanohi kitia, as opposed to being the where's Wally in the crowd during the Ranehu. Oh, did you see so-and-so? I think so. And I also, that's why I love the Puroporoaki or the last night. And so the Puroporoaki Dewi is the last night that our loved ones are with us physically. So that's the night before they're buried. And in my iwi, it's an opportunity for people to talk about their loved one, to share funny stories, to sing songs, to share papa, 
Um, and again, it's another thing to heal. It's another healing moment mm. because there's a lot of healing and laughter. There's a lot of healing and, and telling jokes about each other and about the deceased. And well, they're not here to answer back, so you can say anything you want. So often you get a lot of dramatized and extended versions of how events happened. But I think at the core of it is an opportunity to again celebrate, to heal, and to grieve. Mm. I think that sums it up to celebrate, to heal, and to grieve. Oh, and I think we talked about quite a lot in there, but um, definitely I think this deserves another episode where we can get into the process of tangihanga and elaborate Aye. on some of the kaupapa that we've talked about within tangihanga. Even what a tangihanga is today as yeah. opposed to... Maybe well, even 50 years ago now. Exactly. 100, 200 yeah. years ago, yeah. And I think, Itiwi, for this to be beneficial for you, please send through your questions or your partai or something that you may have uh, not had enough courage to ask before. We're more than open to share our thoughts or our experiences on things to do with hangihanga. Mm. Yeah, or while you're still wrecking your brain, go and find out what a toa is, what a parekawakawa is, and mm. why certain leaves are used in that such. And you know, I haven't done this, we're going to launch into our waiata, we're going to sing it right now. And this is one, I was at whims really what, what song we were going to pick to go with this kaupapa of tangihanga. But this is a nice waiata you, you will hear at tangihanga and unveilings and commemorations of people. And it's called um, Maringi Noanga Mata and um, Prince Tui Teka had it on one of his CDs, I think, and it's one of the favourites, one of the tangihanga favourites. Yes, so we're gonna we're gonna sing it off the cuff. Are we ready? All right. Are you gonna start it? And thank you to all of our listeners and to Kareen, Kaupapa. And as we said, this is Tangihanga num- number one. The next one, um, next episode, we'll talk about some of the 
things that we wanted to talk about in this one. <laughs> no reira, tēnā rā koutou katoa, uh, kia noho ora mai koutou, uh, o tira i roto i te aroha o te tehi ki te tehi. Hei kona mai. Fakarongo ki te tangi a te kori mako Korero flowing at the hook of force Kaupapa relevant, kaupapa out of bounds Kaupapa exigent, kaupapa paramount Nā kona whakapiri mai ki te Kaupapa tino whakahira hira Fakarongo pi karikari mai Hare are mai, o tāringa hare hare mai We gotta gather up close everybody Gather up close everybody Kani kani move that body Kani kani move that body Taringa Brought to you by Te Wānanga o Aotearoa. To listen to more episodes, search for us on your podcast app and subscribe. Taringa, whakarongo mai.